0: Watch out, doc? doctor. Give me the news I got to you.
1: Do you have questions or need advice for all the aches and pains in your life? We've got you covered. This is Doc Talk with Hans Olsen on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports
2: Network. If you're new to Doc Talk brought to you by University of Utah Health, I'm sorry. Because we have a lot of fun in here with our amazing doctors, but this is an opportunity for you to call in, get some health advice, and we've got one of the best in right now, Doctor Peter Chalmers. Doctor Chalmers, how are you?
3: Doing great, doing great. Glad to be here.
2: Yeah, I'm glad to have you, man. It's always good to see you.
3: It's great to see you too.
2: Yeah, you look like you're still in good shape. You haven't lost your shape over a month and a half. I haven't seen you.
3: Not yet. I'm working on it. But
2: what's your bench? Oh, you, you know, do you get under a press much? Dukes, dukes, and a half. No. <laughs> dukes. no. Not Are you kidding? Uh, 21, no 22, whatever it takes. No, no, no time for that anymore.
3: Yeah. I love it. How many but, plates have you got?
2: Yeah, just uh, <laughs> not quite a quarter of a one. <laughs> we'll, we'll get the bar. You know what? We'll get you under the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get you yeah. going with some tins. We'll yeah. move up I just, from there. Just, you just help me a little bit. We'll be fine. Uh, I love it. Dr. Yeah. Chalmers, absolutely one of the best. And... Really, Dr. Chalmers comes in, gives of his time. I take my time. We open up the mic, we open up the phone lines, and we take calls from our listeners, and we try to give you some great health advice. 855-340-9663. So what's going on with you? You know, did you fall? Did you are your kids in football? Did you get in a car accident, dislocate a shoulder a month ago, and you are still having problems with that joint? Those are the kinds of questions that we love to answer. And the only thing you got to do is call 855-340-9663. We'll get you on the phone line with us. Dr. Chalmers will answer your questions. And then whatever he can't answer, I'll answer. Perfect. <laughs> Which means nothing because we Dr. Got, Chalmers all has the all the answers. Covers. Yeah. <laughs> if you got a football question or a bench question, but no, this of course is doc talk. So give us your health questions, whatever you got. We'd love to answer them. And by the way, if you need some medical advice or attention and you're looking for great orthopedic surgeons or physicians, go to sportsmed.uvuhealth.org or give us a call right now, 855 340 9663. All right, Dr. Chalmers, obviously representing University of Utah Health. You know the University of Utah football team and you know Zach Moss, the running back. There's been a lot of speculation as to what might be going on with a hand or this or that. And I know I know that you don't have any connection with him. But I and I don't even want to talk the specifics of Zach Moss. I want to talk specifics of hand injuries. Are there are there hand breaks or fractures? that don't require a, a, a longer time sitting out or a longer rest i guess I, i'm asking about the severity of hand breaks
3: yeah that's a great question you know so like for instance if you have a fractured metacarpal and the metacarpal is the bone in between kind of the big knuckle joint in your wrist you can have that that bone fixated with a plate you may be as a, as a collegiate football player there's like Lyle Kane at University of Alabama told me, he's had players he's gotten back to play three days later. You know, he just said We're after just gonna-. putting a plate on. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I, I, I actually had that break right there.
3: You look like you got a scar too. Yeah. It's How a, long they keep you out for?
2: I, I was out for just about three weeks. It was, ah. it was like two weeks and five, two weeks and six days. Yeah. I was back on the field after three weeks. Yeah. And 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 that's all it was. Is it, it's a plate that runs the length. It mm-hmm. broken. It broke here and then broke down here and not splinter. at all an uncommon injury in football. And yeah. it was a pretty quick fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and like
3: so, no long term consequence. You know.
2: Are are there. Are there, so this was a, a displaced fracture, or mm-hmm. uh, it was it was broken and then splintered. Yeah. Are there non-displacement fractures? That oh yeah. Are, are, and those are less severe.
3: Yeah, less severe, more likely to heal, and less likely to require surgery. Although, depending on how it's broken and and where, you know, even if the bones aren't moved, it still may be a good idea to do a fracture for. To, to do um, a surgery for a fraction of the hand because it'll allow you to move earlier. And the name of the game in your fingers is movement. If you try and put yourself in a splint and leave it for a long time, the hand gets stiff and then it will not work and you won't care the bone is healed.
2: Oh, that makes that makes sense. That's super important. So, um, okay, so just in, in recovery time, we've got kind of a, an understanding of that. Um, are, are breaks worse than ligament? or cartilage damage. And can there be ligament or cartilage damage in a in a football injury in the hand?
3: Generally a ligament tear is worse than a break. If you if you could break one thing versus the other, you'd rather break a bone generally, although it depends on which bone than tear a ligament. A ligament tear is 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 harder to heal on its own um, and um, especially in the hand, there's a couple of ligaments that are known for not healing. For instance, there's a ligament in your wrist called the scapholunate lunate ligament. If you tear that ligament, your whole wrist can fall apart. But which bone you break also matters. If you fracture your scaphoid, which is kind of the bone that bridges the two columns of your wrist, the two rows of your wrist bones, that's that can be a similarly big problem. Is that
2: on the top side here?
3: It's kind of closer to the the bottom side of your thumb. Oh, okay It looks it's about the size and shape of a peanut.
2: So when you start breaking into wrist bones, then it's, that's a different level injury. That's a, that's a
3: problem. That's a problem. Oftentimes, those require a surgery, and the prognosis can be a little more iffy. Yeah.
2: Um, now, when they opened up my hand and put on a plate, they did it the night of the injury. Yeah. Are there injuries that you'll actually cast and have to wait to surgically repair in the hand? There are there are like
3: oftentimes a wrist fracture sometimes will require a short period in a cast instead of a surgery. It, it totally depends. Again, the problem with that is just as I mentioned that then the hand can get stiff. So there's some fractures that you have to be really careful about casting because you need the, you need full motion in your hand. Yeah, really critical. Yeah.
2: Um, and then are are breaks in the hand area worse or not as bad as breaks in the fingers?
3: Generally, a metacarpal fracture is a is better than having a phalanx fracture. The phalan the phalanges are the the bones kind of beyond that big knuckle yeah. between your your fingers and kind of the meat of your hand. You'd rather break the bones the, the metacarpal bone than one of the phalanx fractures, one of the, the phalanges, as they're called. But it kind of depends on the way they're broken and whether or not it involves a joint, for instance. So if the fracture goes into the joint, that can be a big problem. Um, there are some fractures at the very tip of the finger that are really not a big deal at all called tuft fractures because the nail could actually splint the finger straight. So it kind of depends. It's, it's, um, I wish I could answer that question with a simple yes-no, but it's more complicated, unfortunately.
2: I guess we're, you know, I think all of us are trying to make sense of this. It means a lot to the the sports community here in the state of Utah. Absolutely. Uh, Zach Moss is, he he is a, a sleeping horse Heisman candidate
3: absolutely you know yeah.
2: he's the, he's the dark horse he's the, everybody's kind of just hoping and anticipating that this guy can be great and having to sit out because of a locked knee from last year and and going through the recovery it, everybody's on pins and needles just hoping that this kid is okay and so uh, just kind of going over the injuries is there any other reason that you would put like a like a like a harder cast on a hand or a, or an arm yeah, I mean— Would the, they do that in a deep bruise situation? Um, typically
3: not. There are a lot of other reasons. I mean, you can tear—there's You could. There's other tendons you can tear that require okay. temporary placement of cast. Um, again, we talked about broken bones or torn yeah. ligaments, you know, torn cartilages in very specific situations. There's um, there's a lot of different reasons why you might do that. I'm sure that Zach is getting the, the best of care. And oh, the, yeah. I'm obviously not personally involved in his case. Sure. Um, and even if I if, if I was, we certainly wouldn't be discussing it on the radio. Yeah, absolutely not.
2: <laughs> I, I, and I know that you're not. And that's. I, I'm more curious of yeah. just hand injuries in general, right, right. Than I am about the specifics of the, There's right. uh, Look, it could be just a fake cast. Nobody knows, yeah. you know. And and okay. I think all of us only care that he's okay. Right. I right. I think everybody just wants him to be on the field. It makes the state of Utah football so much better. So. Just kind of running through that, I wanted to get some ideas of, of what we're looking at. But, uh, you know, look, we're looking at three th- three weeks and three days from point of injury until first game.
3: Well, it's August. I mean, we we got not a lot of time here, you know.
2: Yeah. Um, most hand injuries are going to be healed in that three week. I
3: hope so, yeah. Period. It depends Good. totally, but yeah. It depends on what it yeah. is, but... As I mean, as in your own personal experience, certainly, like, that was a three-week kind of thing. It can mm-hmm. be even quicker depending on, you know, upon the surgeon's. I so can't
2: believe they can plate it and get them back in a couple of days, D- depending on how important, I guess, the moment is. I, I, I thought that was aggressive, but I love to hear it, you know? That's unbelievable. Yeah. 855-340-9663. Thanks for answering some of those yeah, of questions. Course. I, yeah. I had a whole list of things I wanted to get to with that. Um, let's jump out to some of the phone calls. Again, talking with Dr. Peter Chalmers. It is Doc Talk, brought to you by University of Utah Health. Drew, you're up first with Dr. Chalmers. Go ahead.
4: Hey, Doc. I had a question. I, um, I like to donate plasmas um, twice a week, and they tell me to take a little bit of extra protein-filled meal afterwards. But, uh, you know, I like to stay active, play basketball, lift. What do I need to do to not be so sluggish the next day, sleep a little better? I feel like that kind of affects my activity level. In my uh, efficiency, when I'm um, lifting and working out, want to get your take.
3: Yeah, I mean that's a great question. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that that will donate plasma. It's obviously a great thing to do for those in need. So it's a super great thing for you to do, for you know, just for our, our general community. But it's also, as I'm sure, something where you can make some money. Not a huge amount of money, but some money. There's a lot of different components in the plasma, and obviously, all those need to be replaced when you take that out of your body. You mentioned a really important one with the plat with the with the protein. One of the primary components of plasma is a protein called albumin. It's a protein that's synthesized by your liver. So certainly, if you take that out, it's got to come back in. Um, so, sir, so I think a, I think a protein meal is a great idea. I think some other things that you may find will make a difference is there's a certain amount of volume taken out, like, and by that I mean fluid and salt that comes out when you take it, all that off. You may you may consider some kind of salt, fluid, electrolyte replacement. Um, I'm sure they have that oftentimes where you donate, they'll have Gatorade or you know Powerade or whatever your favorite kind of electrolyte replacement. You may consider that as well. And then certainly there's a sugar component as well um, that I'm sure you're taking in at the same time as you're taking a protein meal. I will tell you that there's your it takes your body some time to take those raw materials you put in and turn them back into the plasma to replace. So there's always probably going to be a little bit of a dip to give your body some time to make up that gap in between when it comes out, when you put in the raw materials, and then when your body makes those raw materials back into new plasma, because that's that sounds like not a big deal, but there's a there's a lot of components to that plasma. There's a lot that goes into it, um, and it, it's not a simple. You know, we we think about it as just a yellow flu, but there's a lot in there that your body has to make.
2: But but it is possible to speed up that recovery. It, I mean, just proper diet or I think the There's nu- just going to be recovery.
3: I think that diet and nutrition are a huge part oh, of okay. that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that eating a eating a diet that's got a lot of micronutrients. So certainly, like, I would not just have protein. I mean, I would definitely supplement that with. You know like a lot of veggies and and other things that are going to allow you to 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 make up for the loss again of all those raw materials
2: awesome thank you appreciate the call drew 855-340-9663 if you want to get a hold of us 855-340-9663 we'll jump back out to the phone line go to vincent you're up next with dr chalmers go ahead vincent
5: Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Hey, really looking forward to the pre- and post-game show again, Hans. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I like yeah. hanging out with you guys.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you hanging out hey, with us, man.
5: Hey, uh, so it's funny you're talking about wrists. For about the past month or so, I have no idea why my entire wrist, it's not just like a part of it, it's like the entire wrist on both hands. And then... Uh, It's just a lot of pain, like a lot of ache and a lot of pain. If I don't take Tylenol, it starts to get kind of unbearable. And then the pain seems to travel up into my thumb and kind of into the joints there. So it just seems like it's like the entire wrist going into the thumb. And I don't know, it's kind of a strange deal. Have you ever heard of something like that?
3: um, Maybe I can ask you, Vincent, how old are you? I'm 40. Okay, okay. Um, and do you have pain in any other joints, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, um, fingers, toes, I've, I've, ankles? I've
5: had several shoulder and back injuries, and I've I've broken my right hand several times, uh, Okay, nothing really beyond that. And
3: do you have any swelling in your wrists?
5: Yeah, a little bit in the left one. It seems like it just uh, swells up just a little. It's not, like, real noticeable, but I can push on it and feel it.
3: Certainly when there's swelling of both sides and there's no, you know, memorable injury that led to it, you get a little bit worried about kind of a more inflammatory kind of condition. Um, and there's a, a whole family of them. Um, and the best thing to do is to, to, get, to get that evaluated. Um, it may seem like, oh, it's just a minor deal. I'll take some Tylenol and it'll go away. But if you do have a, a, an inflammatory arthritis which is, which is kind of the general term. Arthritis just means inflammation of the joint. Um, it, it's worth getting it looked into. Um, there's specific kinds that they can, they can test for with various lab tests. And if that's what it is, there's a lot of different things they can do to treat it. Um, and it's worth treating because treating it can prevent further problems like breakdown of the cartilage or spread to other joints. It may be that this is just a freak thing, but if I had problems with both wrists, that were kind of out of the blue that involved swelling, I may may consider going to my primary care doctor and saying that I wanted to see what's called a rheumatologist. A rheumatologist is a a doctor that specializes in exactly what I'm talking about, kind of inflammatory conditions. Um, And they can get the appropriate tests ordered or evaluate for whether or not... Whether or not you might meet the criteria for any of those conditions,
2: does that inflammation localize like that?
3: Oh, it absolutely can. Yeah, you know, you can have rheumatoid you can have rheumatoid arthritis, for instance, just to the wrists. I've seen it with patients just in the elbows, just in the shoulders, just in the fingers. Um, there's various subtypes that can be in different places depending on how it presents. Yeah,
2: but it can be kind of a severe situation. You want to get that looked at.
3: The wrists are a common site for it. Oh. Yeah, and it's commonly associated with swelling on both sides, so that should be looked into.
2: Is it hereditary? Is this something Vincent might have in his family, or could it can ask be mom and dad? Or? It
3: can be some some rheumatoid arthritis is hereditary, or some of these inflammatory arthritides are hereditary. Not all of them. Some of them are associated. This is super interesting, but the way that your immune system works is there are specific proteins that work to take whatever bacteria you have in, and they break them up and they present them to your immune system. So there's there's like a it's almost like a like a handle, you know, for whatever the bacteria is. It's called an antibody. They're they're specifically called the human leukocyte antigens HLA. Those have specific types they come in. If you are born with specific types, you're more likely to get these inflammatory arthritis. Probably because they become better at presenting your body's own proteins as though they were a problem. Huh. And those are actually, that's, they're inherited, just like you mentioned. So it's, that's a super, that's like a super interesting little subset of human immunology that we've come to understand over the last 40
2: years. Vincent, any other questions we can help you with, bud?
5: Oh uh, No, that'll do it. I really appreciate it. And I will get in with my doctor. Thanks a lot, guys.
2: My pleasure. Take care. Uh, rheuma- you too, thanks. You say a rheumatoid? Rheum- Rheumatologist, yeah. Rheumatologist. It's
3: one. <laughs> It's one of those medical words with the crazy spelling. It's R H E U M, which is like a when, when. else in life would you ever spell anything that way? Yeah. It's 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 it sounds as though it's spelled, it should be spelled R O O M. No, no, not so simple.
2: Okay, so that's what that's so if he goes to sportsmed. Oh yeah, you'll find. You can get connected
3: there. through there to uh, – you, you, you may have to navigate a little bit, but that connects back to the General University website where you can okay. find the rheumatology website and get connected with a rheumatologist, yeah. Let's
2: go back out to the phone lines, 855-340-9663. If you're listening in your car, give us a call. We are live and able to take your calls and your questions in regards to your medical health, whatever the issue might be. Jed, you're up next with Dr. Chalmers. Go ahead, Jed.
1: Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good. Hey, so I've got uh, I'm kind of self-described, like, tendonitis in my feet. Um, my problem with having is like, uh, after long periods of time, they cramp up. Um, like, if I drive home, or my biggest problem, too, is I'm overweight and trying to get into cardio and stuff like that. I can't go running. I've got a bike. I've been started biking a little bit, and I'm just trying to see if, what there I can do to help re- leave the pain of the tendonitis or even if that's what it is. You said
3: it's cramping specifically, right?
1: Yeah, it's like if first thing in the morning, kinda of like you know, I've had some, you know, off and on some plantar fasciitis a few years ago and a bone spur, but no issues with that. Mainly right now like, most the uh, issues seem to be on the top side of my feet where all the tendons are at.
3: Well if it's a cramping problem that's especially if it's related to kinda of getting back in shape. Uh, that can be related to um, to like electrolyte problem. That that can often be a problem you can solve with like a magnesium supplement and some bananas to get some potassium into your system. You can also get potassium through avocados, which are kind of a less sugary way to get the same amount of same amount of electrolyte. Okay. If it's more of a
1: and,
3: if it's more of a tendonitis problem, you know that that actually is one of those things that can be super affected by your footwear. Um,
1: and you know, that's my other thing is I work a rotating. Schedule. I work nights, days, weekends. And I'm on my feet 10 to 12 hours a day for three weeks straight. Wow
3: that's that's a lot of that's a lot of time on your feet.
1: Yeah, so, and I'm in what, hard you know steel-toed boots and stuff like that. And I'm really picky with my footwear. I have no problem spending you know $200 on some boots. So so I don't know. maybe I'm buying the wrong types of insoles could be affecting it. I'm not sure.
3: Yeah, maybe. May maybe. It may be that, um, you know, Also, other thing that can happen, and this is um, super common, is if you have tightness in your calf, that can contribute to kind of tendonitis on the bottom of your foot, that plantar fasciitis you mentioned earlier. That's a super common thing for people who, like you, who spend a lot of time on their feet uh, and have to wear kind of a stiff shoulder shoe. So, one thing you may consider is um, trying to do some calf stretching. That's an easy thing you can do. Whenever you're around, you know, you have a free couple, 30 seconds, you know, you just want to lean yeah, against and, a wall, bring the, the foot into maximum plantar flexion. It's going to be a hard thing to do in the boots you're talking about. You may have to do it. You may have to take out, off the boot to really flex into that that, that into that direction. But if you can stretch out your calf a little bit, it takes a lot of pressure off your plantar fascia, and that can make a big difference.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm having more problems like on the top side of my feet or mm. my toes and stuff like that.
3: Okay. Hmm.
0: Hmm.
1: Like I can't like kneel down for a long periods of time, even even on the drive home, I still stiffen up, and it'll take a minute to loosen up after I get out driving forty minutes home.
3: I mean, it really does it sounds
2: a little bit like cramps. Maybe I'm misinterpreting it is it um is that something where are, do you stay hydrated? Do you work out in the sun?
1: I do work in extreme heat, and I constantly drink in water. This sounds like an electrolyte problem.
2: It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Like this sounds like something that football players deal with in camp. Like I that's I would tighten up after a long day in the sun and, and I could have drank through my body weight and water and I still it just was horrible cramps and tightness. A lot of times I, I would have bouts of crampness at night cramps at night. Um and it didn't matter what I did, if I got my body cool, it still didn't
3: happen help. it we see, yeah, we saw this all the time when I same same thing when I was an athlete. You get cramps. Um, this happened all the time in rowing because, and when you get a cramp, when one guy in on the boat gets a cramp in rowing, the whole boat goes awry. You know, so it's I definitely you might look into the hydration, could he,
2: could he kind of run a little bit of a a test with himself in on a weekend, kind of stay in a cool house and and stay hydrated, S- stay
3: hydrated, and, stay make sure he's yeah,
2: and see if he's still tightening up.
3: I think that would be a that w- that would be an option here. The only problem with that is going to be that he's not going to spend that entire day in a cool house on his feet, you know. Yeah. So it's going to be hard. There's going to be multiple things changing there at once, just from a scientific perspective, experiment, you know.
2: This sounds horrible. Yeah, it sounds uh, really uh, painful. Is this something? Have you have you had blood tests or blood work done?
1: No, I've been relatively healthy for most of my life till the past couple of years, and it's been kind of going downhill. By the 10 he's been starting to lose weight and so I've dropped about 12 pounds in about two weeks. So I've got like I'm trying to get down to like 50 pounds by the end of the year.
3: Certainly, with weight loss, that's another situation where you can have kind of electrolyte metabolic imbalances. Um, it's first off, hats off to you for losing yeah. weight. That is awesome, man. Great job. it's Awesome. It's a super hard thing to do. You should keep it up. That's your, That's so good for your long term health. So that's awesome. Um, but definitely, as you're doing that, I'm sure that's changed your diet, which is another contributor here. Um, so I don't think it's a bad suggestion here. to, you, know, to go, you could go to your doctor and have them draw electrolytes, but I think you could also try on your own, take a magnesium supplement, see if you can try and in- introduce some more potassium and see if that, that with some water makes a difference. It's an easy thing to do. It's not going to hurt you. All
1: right. And do you think uh, getting uh, having a foot specialist, Look at it. If I'm doing the magnesium changes won't don't affect anything,
3: I think that's a great idea. And the specific reason is when you have pain on the top of the foot is a little bit uncommon, especially if it's associated with stiffness. You know, it can it it could be changes in the joints in what is called your midfoot. There's a bunch of you don't you probably have never experienced this before, but. In between your toes and your ankle, there's a bunch of bones that work together a little bit like a gearbox. They're these kind of little square bones, and they have all these little joints between them. And it's possible to have problems in those joints that can just feel like kind of a stiff upper foot. Hmm. Um, so that's if if that doesn't work, that's the next thing I would do is go, go somewhere and have someone take an x-ray of it for you. All
1: right.
2: Jed, good luck, man. We can, All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, hopefully we can get you back feeling better. That's that's miserable. And and I would, obviously, congratulations. Like Doctor Chalmers said, on your weight that loss. That is awesome. But keep on that path, and try some of the the things that Doctor suggested. And then, if not, then move on and see if you can get a little bit more advanced help. But it sounds like everything he was describing just sounds like some of the stuff I would deal with. Sounds like he's got a hard job is what it sounds like. a oh, really tough job. Yeah. Yeah. If there's any way you can get a job in radio, Jed, <laughs> <laughs> get the weight off your feet. Put the stress on your voice. We got a solution for you. I know, man. I feel like calling in Doc Talk and be like, my vocal cords are loose. <laughs> oh, man. If you're listening to Doc Talk, it's an opportunity to call. Get some health advice. 855 340 Nine six six three. We got Dr. Peter Chalmers hanging out with us. Love to take your phone calls. We love to answer those questions. That's really why we come in and give our time. We we want to answer those questions and get you some help and get you back to good health. You can also find all of these great physicians at SportsMed.UofUHealth.Org, and we've got our injury clinic. This is really a great opportunity for you to walk in Monday through Thursday, four p.m. to eight p.m. Or Friday, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. This is a non-appointment walk-in to see some of the best surgeons and some of the best physicians in the, in, the, in the market, if not in the country, just by walking in during these clinic hours. Again, that's Monday through Thursday, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. or Friday, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. So let's say during the weekday you've got a kid that's in football practice, he gets injured at 630. You can bring him up, walk that kid in, and get immediate instruction and help on that on that child. So make sure you pay attention to that, or you can find that at sportsmed.u as well. We'll come back to more of your calls, 855-340-9663 next.
0: They call me.
1: With Hans Olsen on 97.5 and 1280. The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network.
2: Got quite a few calls, so we're going to try to get out to as many as we can. 855-340-9663. Doc Talk, brought to you by University of Utah Health. You can see him at sportsmed.uofuhealth.org. We're talking with Dr. Peter Chalmers today. And Matt, you are up next with the doctor. Go ahead, Matt.
4: Hey, guys. So... I have post-nasal drip, so I'm constantly trying to, like, clear mucus out of my throat and stuff, and it's just super annoying, um, and I've had it all my life. Um, I'm just wondering if there is a, like, a way to help that or get rid of it, I guess. I don't know.
3: Yeah, there's actually a ton of stuff you can do for that. The first thing that you should do is make sure there's not been, like, a chronic sinusitis or a sinus infection. So there's there are actually sinus specialists, and you can have a sinus infection that can go on for a ton of time, and they can, there's things they can do about that to get rid of it. So that's thing number one is to make sure there's not some sort of chronic sinus infections that have been going on for a long time. Thing number two is some of this, and this is this is not everyone, but some people with this, it can be related to like a low level underlying allergy. So one of the things you may consider doing is trying an antihistamine nasal spray. Antihistamine is like a it's like to calm down your own body's natural allergic response. That can make a big difference if there might be some sort of low level like dust allergy or mold allergy that you that may be triggering that you may not even know about.
2: Have you tried any of that, Matt? I
4: mean I've tried like nose drops. That's I guess that's like the furthest what or is the closest it? I would have ever been to it. What is it? Just like nose drops, just like if you have like a stuffy nose, you know, just like a I, I think that's like an antihistamine yeah. drop, but I don't
3: know. It's usually not. There are there are like okay. those nasal sprays like Nasenex and um, Afrin. Those are usually mm-hmm. vasoconstrictors. Those will solve your problem very temporarily, and then it comes roaring back, and it, it may be even worse after you get off of them. And antihistamine is not actually what you usually. If you go to the pharmacy and look at nasal spray, oh. what you're going to be finding is 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 not necessarily going to be antihistamine. So you may have to look specifically for that. You may even try you could also try kind of an ocean spray nasal drop with just a saline drop. That can make some difference in kind of keeping your nasal mucosines uh, your nasal mucosa um, well hydrated so that it doesn't get so irritated. Sometimes irritation chronically of that mucosa can lead to kind of a post nasal drip. These are all things that can make a difference. And then finally, and this is the one that's the that, that you may be most surprised by. But if it's if it's mostly just a feeling of a kind of an itchy throat and a cough, that can actually be caused by reflux. So you may consider trying like a, a medicine to stop gastroesophageal reflux, like a you know like you can Prilosec try or, Prilosec or Pepcid or. Um, um, there's a Zantac. There's a bunch of medicines that do that. There's also lifestyle things you can do like avoiding avoiding spicy foods or trying to not eat in a you know, two or three hour span before you go to bed. You can even take your bed and put it on a small amount of an incline. That may make a difference, especially if it's worse in the morning.
2: So reflux could actually come all the way up and, and make you feel like you've got a nasal issue? It can make
3: you feel like you just have a cough.
2: Huh. Yeah. So there's, okay. thre- there's three things that you need to try. I mean, all, all this is is discovery. You know, it's, it sounds like he's just got to eliminate some things.
3: The, these are easy things. You can get these oftentimes over the counter at the pharmacy, but things you may not think to try. Those three things. And then if th- those don't work, I go to your doctor and say, hey, I'm worried I have a sinus infection. You know, can I get a CT scan of my head to make sure that I don't have some sinus that's been blocked off for a decade,
2: you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sweet. Matt, good luck, man. There's some good. Thanks, guys. Good place to start right there for you. 855-340-9663. We'll leave Matt and go right back to Matt. Matt, you're up with Dr. Chalmers. Go ahead.
0: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um,
2: I have had
0: some foot pain um, in one of my feet over the last 10 years. Um, It's not super frequent. It happens occasionally, Um, and it feels like a popping in the middle of my foot, like near the ball of my foot.
3: Is it on the bottom of your foot or the top of your foot?
0: The bottom. Yeah, kind of in the ball of my foot. It 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 a lot of pain and it
2: does it only hurt when it pops or does it does it always hurt?
0: Yeah, it hurts when it pops, and it goes away pretty quickly. Um, and it doesn't happen all the time. How often would you um, say that it painful happens? painful enough that I can't, like, walk on it.
3: Huh. Like, does it happen every day?
0: No, no. Once um, a week? Maybe, once a month? Yeah, maybe once a month or once every two months.
2: Hmm. But when it pops and it hurts, you can't even walk on it?
0: Um, yeah, a lot of the time I'll, like, walk on the side of my foot or, like, I limp mm-hmm. a lot, and it usually only lasts, like, less than five minutes.
3: There's two tendons that intersect on the bottom of your foot. It's called the the medical term is the knot of Henry. It's possible to have kind of an intersection syndrome between those two tendons. That may be what it is. The other thing that can happen here is do you have a um do you have a, kind of are you a flat footed kind of person?
0: um a little bit on that foot actually that one's a little bit flatter than than my right foot.
3: So there's a tendon that um can tear. That leads to your foot kind of flattening out. It's called the posterior tibialis tendon. It's kind of a tendon that pulls your foot up in the middle to maintain that arch in your foot, on the kind of on your instep. That that's another thing you may look into. You can have chronic problems with that tendon that can lead to kind of the symptoms you're describing. There's a lot they can do for that. That's that's worth getting in to see, you know, either a foot and ankle a foot and ankle doctor or the urgent care to say, hey, I have, I've had this problem with flat foot. Is there something you can recommend? There's orthotics they can do. There's a there's a lot of things they can do for that.
2: That can pop. That could oh, yeah. be that popping feel? Yeah, that could be a pop, yeah, for sure. So it sounds like if it's a pop, typically it's a tendon?
3: Oh, not always, but yeah. that's In this situation, I'd be, I'm willing to bet it's something involving that tendon, it,
2: yeah. Well, then why the pop and then extreme pain? With the, if it was a tendon, what is that doing?
3: Well, the pop is probably the tendon displacing into an abnormal position, and that's painful. Oh, I see.
2: Most likely. And then it resituates itself in right. five minutes to eight minutes. He's feeling relief. Probably, yeah.
3: Interesting. Either that, or it finds some sort of new equilibrium.
2: Huh. So, best place for Matt to start on this.
3: I, I actually think, given how long this has gone on, that he should go see some. Have someone take a look at it. Sounds like it'd be. I worth mean, this it. has been. If this is this has been, it sounds like years and years and years. And when it happens, it's really bad. And um, I think this is something where someone who's experienced looking at feet could probably look at your foot and give you a pretty good idea, and take an X-ray and give you a pretty good idea of what you're looking at
2: here. Matt, anything else?
0: Yeah, no, I think that that's it. Thanks,
2: guys. Yeah, good luck on that. Good luck, yeah. Yep, thanks. Ten years. Yeah, ten years, it's time. Long time. Yeah, go get that thing looked at and get it it fixed. If it is, is that a surgical procedure? Not necessarily. It may be something that can fix with orthotics. It totally depends. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, jump back out to the phone line. Go to Andrew. You're up with Dr. Chalmers. Go ahead, Andrew.
4: Hey, guys, thanks for doing this. You bet. Um, My question is, Um, I'm trying to to lose weight down 10 pounds. Uh, I have high blood pressure because of it. It's in the family. And I'm way sluggish, and it's hard to lower the calories and change the diet and whatnot and find the energy. And so I find myself using caffeine. Number one, is it safe to do with high blood pressure even though I'm on medication? And if not, what's an alternative I can, can focus on to get the energy I need as I'm losing
5: weight here?
3: Yeah, I mean, this is a super, super hard problem, um, and especially as our lives get busier and there's so much going on and it's hard to find the energy for yourself, for your own exercise and weight loss. And first, I commend you for what you're doing. I mean, it's, it's really hard to, to take the steps you're taking, and I think you've already done the, the most important thing, which is take those first steps and try and figure out what to do next. Um, I, I think caffeine is safe. In the setting of high blood pressure, I I think that it's totally true that if you drink too much caffeine, it can lead to some heart palpitations. But I think it has a pretty minimal effect on your overall blood pressure. The problem with caffeine, and I think this is something you you know everyone who who's had a cup of coffee is aware of. Number one is that you do have some tolerance to it. So definitely, you'll have a cup of coffee, you drink a cup of coffee every day, and then you find that all of a sudden, it's just kind of, you're back to where you were, but now plus a cup of coffee, and then you're like, oh, I'll add another cup of coffee, and then pretty soon you're having like seven monsters a day, you know? So you want to be a little bit, I, I, I think that you should use the caffeine when you need it, and I think you'll find it's way more, you get way more of a bang for your buck that way than if you drink it, for instance, every morning when you wake up, then it's just part of your routine and it doesn't really give you what you need. Mm-hmm. The second thing with caffeine, and a lot of people don't realize this, is it's pretty short-acting. You know, a cup of coffee in the morning, it really only gets you to like 10, le- ten, eleven in the morning, and then all of a sudden you're feeling tired again. So it's not really enough to keep you awake the whole day. There's a couple of things that you could, you could certainly do here. One thing that I think can make a big difference is looking at, your, looking at what you're eating and kind of the when you're eating it and what the glucose profile is of what you're eating and how long, what the timeline is on that. Certainly, I think you're going to find that there are some things you eat that have more of a crash with them. You know, like uh, people have talked a lot about this. The, the term, the, the medical term for this is the glycemic index. And that's basically how quickly your body breaks down the sugars in whatever you're eating. So if you're, you know, candy's the worst for this. You, know, you eat, This is why the, the prototypical sugar, how you eat the candy, you feel great and then you crash and all of a sudden you're, You know, 300 calories plus, but not really much energy plus. Mm -hmm. So you want to try and eat things that have a longer glycemic index. Definitely, you know, a higher protein diet is better for that. Um, That's thing number one. I think thing number two that can make a huge difference here is modulating your sleep. And caffeine can be interrupted, can be be a big interrupter for that. So making sure that you're getting good sleep, making sure that you're getting to, to sleep and to wake at the same time every day, that makes a big difference, I think, for your energy during the day. Looking into the other things that are happening when you're sleeping, do you have do you have a cool, quiet place to sleep? Is it possible that you have some like snoring or some undisclosed sleep apnea that can really contribute to like a a ton of tiredness during the day and a feeling like you just cannot get enough energy. Um, Those are all things to look into in this kind of situation. And then the last is, if you feel like I'm just a low energy person, I just can't fix this problem. There are some medical conditions that lead to overall low energy. Um, One of them, the one that's probably the most common is, is a low thyroid hormone. There's a gland in your neck that produces this thyroid hormone that's really important for kind of your overall energy levels and for and and also for your weight, you may consider going to get get tested for that. Your primary care doctor can do that. If it's low, that's a very simple fix with a pill that has no consequences, very few side effects. They can make a big difference in your energy levels and can also help
2: you to lose weight.
4: Wonderful. That sounds great, guys. Thank you so much.
2: Best of luck. A lot of things to consider right there, and hopefully one or two of those things will really hit home with you and, and, and help you out. Was it was was that call was it just primarily it was an overall feeling of tiredness while trying to lose weight, right? That, Which I think is super common. Yeah.
3: And I think is a huge barrier for people, you know. That they just cause it made I think it deletes this general feeling like I can't do this. I'm just right. too tired to do this, you know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then just you so just hard. go back to eating. Yeah. It's and so
2: hard. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh keep on it, Andrew. We're 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 uh we're cheering you on, man. Jeremy, you're up next with Doctor Chalmers. Go ahead. Gentlemen, how are you? Very good, man. How are you doing?
4: Good. Hopefully, you can hear me all right. I'm in our hometown of Eagle Mountain, hands in this rain hard.
2: Oh, um, rain's coming down out in the hometown, huh?
4: It is. <laughs> hey, my guess um, is
2: you're stuck in traffic too.
4: Yeah, no, actually, I'm I'm out in city center, so we're good.
2: Oh, I can't believe it. Okay. Uh, well, we got we got to fix um, our traffic issues out there, along with your house.
4: Oh, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. So this isn't my house. This is my son's house. Okay. Uh, currently a 15-year-old boy, Um, two years ago uh, he had an accident playing baseball, go for a ball, landed on his knee, um, and at that point I made the play, got up, played for a little bit longer and then couldn't play for the rest of the game. Uh, They went and did some x-rays, didn't see anything, um, had some issues over that year, next year we do an MRI, Um, they see some possibly some loose cartilage behind the kneecap and also they thought that he had dislocated his kneecap so over the course of the next two years he has done physical therapy, up to wazoo plenty of time, Um, so this last year now that he's in high school ball, um, he's actually in uh, 1A baseball. Uh, so he's, uh, they're playing ball baseball right now. And he's unable to play. So we have taken him up to primaries. Well, first to the specialist American Sports, then up to primaries. And got uh, seen by a doctor there. Then we uh, got referred to a surgeon. They thought he might need surgery. Surgeon said no. And this is what, what he said, is that he may have. OCD, I think is what he called it, it's in the knee, and then basically this pain is just going to flat out be there until he stops growth, the growth, maybe a tendon to a growth plate thing, if I understood it right. Um, I guess I just don't like that answer, and and is is there a thought of something else that could be?
3: Yeah, I mean, so o-, o C D the that's a the, an acronym, and it stands for right. osteochondral defect, and uh, uh, the that, the 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 kind of way you can translate that into our general speak osteo is the prefix for bone, chondrial is the prefix for cartilage, like the the smooth covering in your joints that allows them to glide the two bones to glide relative to one another. Then defect is obviously a hole, so usually this is a hole that involves both the bone underlying the cartilage and the cartilage and sometimes the the cap of it is intact but there's a problem on the backside within the bone it kind of depends there's a whole variety of things that could look ways that can look generally if the growth plates are open there is some capacity for it to heal and i i i don't obviously i wasn't there i don't know what Um, situation you're in but i would guess that the surgeon probably thought there was some capacity that it would heal and i i'm i i um i don't want to put words in his or her mouth but i my guess would be probably that what they meant was yeah we we're going to try and give it some time to heal and if it doesn't heal then we'll do something about it if it's already been over a year and it hasn't healed you may consider going back and saying hey we really feel like we're making no progress. We're getting frustrated. Is there anything else to do? And there are a bunch of things that we do for that, a ton of things we do for that.
2: Well, I, I guess, and, and I would ask in Jeremy's case, where the where the physician said that he'll age out of it or it's just going to hurt until he stops growing, why would that have any influence on it?
3: I, I um
2: Does that make because that, 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 that sounds that, like osgood slaughter. That that sounds like uh, yeah. like actually like growing pains that he was referencing.
3: It could be that too. Um, certainly, if he landed on the knee, that can it could be related to kind of osgood sliders This is kind of a reaction to the growth plate right where the tendon attaches on the front of your knee. So it could be that. Maybe it's a maybe it's a, maybe a miscommunication about the diagnosis. It could also be that it's a cartilage defect underneath the kneecap that's not an OCD at all that could be related to a dislocation of the kneecap at some point. And there's a lot to say about that. Um, certainly, you can have ligament tears associated with dislocation of the kneecaps. So if it happens again, that can be something to be fixed. Even if it doesn't happen again, there can be subtle malalignments of the kneecap that can be, that mm. can be fixed and that can be really symptomatic. So um, I think this is one of those situations where, where it sounds like we need to get you in to see someone to get another opinion. Or even to have a same discussion with the same person about, hey, maybe I think I misunderstood you before. I You know, it sounds right. like you and I are not on the same page maybe we need to have another discussion about, you know, what we – getting a better understanding for what is wrong and then getting a better plan for <laughs> – Yeah. Because I, I think – The healing. I, I, whether, with, 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 what, whether what was said or not, it doesn't – I, I think the plan of it's just going to hurt forever and he just has to live with it is not a good plan. No. Never. I mean, that's, it's never, that's never a satisfying plan. You can make that plan maybe with a really old person where whatever you'd have to do to fix it would be too risky but not for your fifteen year old son
4: no hmm. so, and I, I yeah and I want he did mention at some point you know he said it's almost like an Osgood slaughter but in your knee huh. that's how you were trying to you hmm. know obviously i'm a, I'm an idiot and he's trying to explain to me what no what he's no to no say. it's uh, but no i I think he was, you know going about it the right way at some point and he worked his knee over really well and my son was almost in tears just because of all the the pain oh, he was sorry in to that. Uh, just what he was doing so I, I think he got an idea, but I, the yeah, so we did so I guess the the, the storyline is we did see a doctor there, and then she referred us to the the surgeon, and we're actually going to go back to her okay. next week to see if there's something else because it like I said he can't he can't explode, you know he played the third base shortstop he can't explode Dang it. left or right, can't hit you know and, it's just been real
2: rough. Oh man, wow, fifteen. I mean, he's starting yeah. to. Fifteen, you're starting to turn into what you're going to be. You know, yeah. he's he's got to he got to be able to really lean into those bases and things at this point. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Jeremy, I good, it, good luck on that. And uh, you know, obviously, go in, get the uh, the opinion. It sounds like you've got a good plan lined up there. And and to Doctor Chalmers' point, I, I wouldn't leave unless we've got a plan, unless we've got a good understanding. But if it's,
3: or at least an understanding why there can't be more plan and why why it's reasonable to have no, you know, that why it's reasonable not to have a plan to do something.
2: Yeah, and I, and I would say, and I would say, where your son is fifteen and, and really starting to come into his own, and this is this will be his big push right now, his recruiting push and his growth and development push in the game, express to those doctors, I, I can't just let my son be in pain. We have well, got to figure this out. The other, the other thing is that
3: I, I, this, I think, goes unmentioned a lot of time. 15 year old boys are tough. Generally, if a 15 year old boy comes and tells you that he's hurting, he's really hurting. Yeah. You know, those kids really try and minimize, especially a baseball player. You know, there's no, there's a, the, the, the saying there's no crying in baseball is, is real for a reason, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I would, um, I mean, it sounds like your son's really hurting.
2: We'll take a short break. We'll come back. Try to sneak Chris in. It's Doc Talk.
1: Doc Talk. With Hans Olsen on 97.5 and 1280. The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network.
2: You know, Dr. Chalmers, if you want to make this permanent we could get the big voice guy to say, with Hans Olsen and Dr. Peter Chalmers.
3: I would love that.
2: Yeah. I would just love that. <laughs> Let's make it permanent, man. The people love you. They've spoken. They love you. We got to, could I just get the big voice? Do we have to do, make it permanent to get the big voice guy? Uh, yeah, we kind of oh, do. Oh, I mean, it. Otherwise, it's worth saying Dr. Peter Chalmers, and it's Dr. Gee, and then Dr. Gee's <laughs> like, what's so special about Chalmers? And then we're just going to have a big fight. Ah. And- <sighs> i don't want i don't want to have any of that but well this has been fun it's been a lot of fun i appreciate you doing it man it's it's fun to have all of our great physicians from university of utah health in with us and big thanks to reagan for organizing this whole thing and keeping it down august 22nd we'll be in back in studio with dr nick monson so if you didn't get your question in today in two weeks do, again august 22nd we'll be here with dr nick monson so get your calls in then dr chalmers thank you so much Thank you. Go to sportsmed.uvuhealth.org for any of your injury issues. That's sportsmed.uvuhealth.org right here on Doc Talk, 97.5, 12 into the zone of the zone sports network.